Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health, CAMH. It's never an easy call with so many problems in the world to know where to direct the money that you donate when you want to help out in this world. But what I can tell you is that when you donate to CAMH, you're saving lives. We know about the opioid crisis. We know about the mental health crisis. They are doing the work. Help change mental health care forever. Your support will help CAMH build a future where no one is left behind. Donate at camh.ca slash CanadaLand to help us treat addiction and build hope. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress that is trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. It's a great mattress at a very reasonable price point. Comes with a 20-year warranty and a great deal for our listeners. Douglas is giving you a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. That is douglas.ca slash CanadaLand. Nora Loretto, hello. Hey. Today on the show, Nora, it's a media conspiracy. Oh, oh no, wait, it's just a wire service. A wire <laughs> service engaged in a media conspiracy. That, that will all make sense in a few minutes, I promise. Also, Greenbelt Blues. If we already knew that Doug Ford was corrupt, can we still consider it a scandal? Ooh. Welcome back to Shortcuts, where we talk shit about the news. Happy to be here. This episode is brought to everybody by Kayla Robin, Amber Lay Polowich, Maddie Baker, Andrea McLean, David Mooney, Alex Lynn, Jean Strong, and Alicia. Hi, I'm Alicia, a research coordinator living in Hamilton, Ontario, and I support Canada Land because even though addiction and drug use are highly stigmatized topics that many well-intentioned people get wrong, your critique of the Anti-Safer Supply National Post article was well-researched, logical, and compassionate towards people who have no options but to rely on a toxic, unregulated drug supply. Keep up the good work. While conservative leader Pierre Polyev has been hitting the summer barbecue circuit with rhetoric around debunked claims that the World Economic Forum is attempting to impose its agenda on sovereign governments. Holy shit, hold the presses, extra, extra. This is the story, that's the CTV uh, version of a Canadian press story. The headline, Nora, that ran and 
It ran in a lot of places, but here's the CBC's version, which is the exact same story as every other version. The headline, Polyev's Conservative Party Embracing Language of Mainstream Conspiracy Theories. Who knew? Conservative leader Pierre Polyev has been hitting the summer barbecue circuit with ramped-up rhetoric. Okay, this is a news story. He's ramping up the rhetoric around debunked claims that the World Economic Forum is attempting to impose its agenda on sovereign governments. So here's what happened next. Polyev, who did not give the Canadian press an interview for this breaking news story, he then links to the CBC's version of that Canadian press story, which is something you can still do on Twitter. And he says the following, Trudeau's media are desperate to stop his continued downfall. Today, CBC's news service, CP, wrote a hit piece on me because I dared criticize the World Economic Forum, a group of multinational CEOs and powerful politicians that push their interests. I work for our people in this country and will bring home our democracy without apology. This is echoed in a tweet from Andrew Scheer, who includes a screen grab of that same headline, Polyev's Conservative Party Embracing Language of Mainstream Conspiracy Theories. And he screen grabs, Andrew Scheer does. This is what Andrew Scheer does in his uh, summer hours since losing the leadership of the Conservative Party. He screen grabs that exact same headline appearing in multiple big news sources, you know? And it really does look like, wow, the media are all running this anti-Polyev story. Mm -hmm. And Scheer says, no wonder Trudeau wants to censor all but four or five liberal news sources they all coordinate in attacking Polyev with the same false headline. And then he says, he asks the question, is this collusion? To which many reporters go, no, you fucking idiot. It's a wire service. It's not collusion when all of the media run a wire story. The reason, I know it looks bad that, oh, all of the media are running the same anti-Polyev headline. The reason they're running that headline is because they just picked up that same wire story and I will continue. Others even point out, like, they do this in your favor as well. Like, you don't seem to mind it when a conservative talking point story appears all across the media with the same headline. Somebody even retweeted a, uh, a classic tweet from our own Jonathan Goldsby in which I think he's got like 20 different headlines up here from 20 different news sources. Best path has O'Toole leading the way. Okay. Yeah. Uh, th this was a story that every single post media uh, publication, or, or at least a you know a good, I'm, I'm counting about twenty. This happens all the time, and for Andrew Shear to suggest that this is some sort of media collusion, like he knows how wire services work. Mm -hmm. You know, he is like intentionally trying to fool people yes. into thinking there's an anti-conservative media conspiracy. And ramping up rhetoric against reporters and undermining faith in journalism because it, it, it works. It's, it's trolling. That's the story so far. What did you think? Well, Jesse, I'm wondering if you can go back to the part where you were mimicking Pierre Polyever because I thought that was really, really well done. Nora, Canadians are tired of your base <laughs> personal attacks. This is uh, Justin Journo's. Focusing on things, I don't know. That's I, really I, good. It I requires mean, that, a bit of work. That, it, it's a bit of work, but it's it's really, really well done. I listen to this, and the first thing that I think is, wait, what has been debunked about the World Economic Forum trying to come up with its goals to to change or to influence global 
economics. <laughs> like that literally is what they do. So I, I'm like actually stuck in the story, right? But fine. And we can talk about that. But fine. Let's talk about the wire services. You know, it's the summer and the wire services play uh, an outsized role in the summer because newspapers need to fill their, their content and the Canadian press is there literally for them to do that. And it's it's a really easy thing for the conservatives to dunk on because Canadians don't necessarily understand how the Canadian press works. And the fact that all of the major newspapers run the exact same story, I mean, I think we can criticize that. I think that there's a, there's a media critique that can be done because of the lack of journalists that are employed by the CBC or employed by CTV that might have a different take on the same story. Obviously, the Canadian press was present at one or a few of these events, and perhaps a CBC journalist was not. And so you do have this situation where it runs across media. Now, are we supposed to be surprised that Andrew Scheer is lying about what the Canadian press is? Are we supposed to be surprised that Pierre Polyever is mincing his words in such a way that makes it sound like the, that the CBC controls the Canadian press, which is what I saw a lot of journalists freaking out about. And it's like average Canadians do not care about this structure of Canadian media. And I think that that is where the mistake is, is to focus on like the quote unquote truth and instead to actually look at what is Polly ever doing here? He's lying about not being in the service of the elites. That's what he's doing. There's so much to get into here, but I first have to pause to ask you a question that's been bothering me for some time. Is it that you want to hear my Freeland impression? It's that I want to know why you say Polly Ever. <laughs> Is that intentional? That's how you say it. Okay, because I, I, I've never heard anyone else say it that way. And then, and then I'm wondering, am I saying it wrong? No, I think I, I, someone said to me that out West, the, the name is pronounced Polly Ever. And if you look at it and you really get English about it, that's kind of how, how you say it. If you're not going to say Polly Ever, which I'm not going to say <laughs> <laughs> I've recently returned from Paris, uh, so I no okay. Very nice. Here, here's everything I can break down about this. First of all, you're absolutely right. There is like, you can absolutely critique the World Economic Forum. In fact, Charlie Angus and the NDP were critiquing. This is where the Globe's uh, economic elites get together and try to make plans that affect everybody, and and where our masters uh, decide on our fates or try yes. to. And that that has long been a critique from the left. It has been co-opted by the right because it is true a ludicrous conspiracy theory has gained a lot of popular momentum. We've talked about this a lot on the show before. It is not a secret cabal that has any authority or power. It's not the New World Order. It's not the One World Government. The reality of that conspiracy theory is that it is deeply intertwined with historic anti-Semitic conspiracy theories that date back to Hitler and, and beforehand. And before, yeah. And before. And, and the term globalist, if anyone wants to look it up, you can look up the Atlantic has a breakdown. The American Jewish Committee has a – it is an anti-Semitic term that goes back to this concept that uh, Jews are faithful to no nation. Uh, there's a, a financial network of bankers who control world's governments and they get together at places like Davos to you know, decide what uh, Joe Blow can and can't do. And so, you know, whether or not Polyev knows it when he uses the term globalist – he is he lending credibility, it. and, and, and it's, it's, it's hard to believe that he wouldn't know it at this point. He is lending credibility to a Jew-hating historical anti-Semitic trope. And the newsroom conversation about that for years now has been when mainstream conservative leaders or mainstream populists of any kind are using the language of debunked conspiracy theories that have racist origins – 
our responsibility and role is to neutrally report on that and link it factually. So I can conceive of the Canadian press having a conversation, Polyev's Conservative Party embracing language of mainstream conspiracy theories. That is a factual statement, and it is our duty to report things like that. But Nora, but Nora, I will dare to look at this from the perspective of Pierre Polyev and his his people, mm-hmm. who every day are checking the media to see what everybody is saying about their candidate and everything is geared towards the next election. And one day they open up the papers and they see that every single like main, mainstream news source is running the same headline. It is a anti-Polyev story that that does paint him as a conspiracy theorist and presents this as a news story. You know, right. here's the language. He is hitting the summer barbecue circuit with ramped up rhetoric. Like he's like this, you know, that this globalist thing. He's, oh, he's turned it up a notch. He's, he's suddenly, and that is bullshit. It's just not true. Polyev has been talking about the World Economic Forum and even using the term globalist for years. Yeah. There's nothing new about that. World Economic Forum that the finance minister joins, which says that in 2030, only nine years from now, You will own nothing and you will love it. So like, why is that a news story? How did that, it's just like today they decided to attack him and present it to the world as a news story. I have no problem with people knowing that he's doing this kind of shit, but I can totally understand why they look at this and say like, oh great, they're all coming after us. Let's come after them. Mm -hmm. And to the same extent that everybody is dunking on Andrew Scheer and Polyev for playing out of this script where, you know, like even like Polyev saying the CBC's news service, CP, yeah. like CBC doesn't own Canadian press. Canadian press is, uh, like it's owned by the Globe and Mail and, and Torstar. Like CBC just uses Canadian press as do like dozens of other, it's just totally disingenuous. It's a lie, but it's like, I hate everyone in this story. Yeah. Oh my God. Me too. This is why people hate us actually. Cause it's yes. like, this news story comes from nowhere because somebody, the Canadian press just decides, like, I kind of know how it probably happened is they have somebody assigned to follow Polyev around and they like have nothing to say because yeah. Polyev's just doing the same thing he does every week. So it's like, well, you got to file a story. So, all right, let me file this one. And then it, it hits the public as like news flash. And then Polyev was like, why are you coming after me? I'll, I'll just turn this back on you. And a pox on all of their houses. Nora, I got like some information from what's happened in Canada from Facebook's perspective since they turned news off. Mm-hmm. And the information is that the uh, data Facebook is getting is that people are marginally more happy on Facebook since they turned the news off. Yes. Yeah. And that's not surprising because all of a sudden without the news, we're actually seeing friends posts. I mean, I actually, I have to be honest, I enjoy Facebook without news much more than I enjoyed Facebook uh, two weeks ago. Not to say that I support anything that's been going on there, but it is an interesting user kind of reality. I think that there's so little creativity in how to report on what is going on that we're just also witnessing a script, right? The script is that Pierre Polyever is is bending to these conspiracy theories and he's bending to the audience that is interested in them and that's it. And so you just continuously write in the same script. There's no creativity. There's no looking at what actually is going on. And as you say, it's probably a boring barbecue. There's nothing to write about. And so this is kind of the most obvious thing that you can write about. It's a gift to the to the campaign. I think that you've explained how and, and to be able to show, 
like just how often these articles are getting picked up and put across platforms just feeds the online space. And we have to remember, like Polyever is searching for what? 32% of Canadians to vote for him? Like, that's all it would take for a majority. Of course, those 32% have to be located in very specific areas. He's not doing very well in Quebec. All of the talk about how he's going to win the next election or, or maybe turn some seats in the 905 blue. I'm not compelled by this stuff. I don't think that he's on the cusp of winning uh, the next election personally. And, and so then rather than saying, okay, so what what is there to say about this guy? Like, the makeover is an interesting story. What is with the makeover? Is it connecting with people? Like, that has kind of been written a little bit about. But the conspiracy theory stuff, when you write it as if that's the story, and not that this is a guy who, for his entire political career, and for the rest of his political career, he will be in the service of the elites. He will be in the service of the kind of politics that the World Economic Forum proposes and suggests he will be very happy to bring that stuff forward to Canada because he is part of the elite of Canada. That is the story. That's and not so, a story. That's just no, no, it's true. It's that not is a story. The, that's the story. Sorry, in this, in this frame, if we agree that this whole thing isn't a story, that's one conversation. None of this is in a story. this story, the, 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 the reality is that he is lying. He is lying. He is lying. Not that he's like a conspiracy theory. We fucking know that. He is lying because he will be in the service of the elites. And here's all of the ways of his history. If you yeah. are going to write that story. Not a story. You know what? Like, <laughs> it, 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 it's like this. Like, what did Jagmeet Singh say on the barbecue circuit this summer? Uh, we don't know because who, who they cares? don't cover that. Right. Right. So there is a decision. But he's not going to be here. the next prime minister. Well, if I'm listening to you, neither is Pierre Paul ever. No, and I uh, wouldn't uh, and I wouldn't assign the story. <laughs> What's happening here is that we want to run stories on Pierre Polyev because people click on them. We need to learn from what happened in the States. We need to learn from what is happening now in the States. It, like, it's been years now, okay? We think we're doing the good thing by reporting on the rhetoric and the conspiracy. No, that's not the good—like, the good. Like, the, everybody is running a script here, and they know that they can get press attention. Like, they could ramp up the rhetoric and get— national attention. And then once they get national attention for ramping up the rhetoric, they could blast the media again. And there's two wins in that, yep. right? Trump became president because nobody could in the media could resist reporting every little ridiculous, audacious, stupid thing he did, mm -hmm. right? That is why he became president. He like His name was just everywhere, everywhere. And if Polyev does follow through on his lead in the polls, and become prime minister, it'll be because we are covering stupid shit like this. Mm -hmm. It's happening again in the States. No one can resist covering every little development of the four different indictments against him. And they're setting up a conflict that it's just like Russiagate or something. Oh, oh, everyone wants to see him in handcuffs so badly that we're going to we're going to like salivate over every news story. Meanwhile, we're just getting his name out there again as he is the Republican front runner and we're setting him up to win again. You know, it's like it's the exact same thing. And we have to get a new playbook. We have to figure this out because none of this shit is news. Like we do have that option in this time of low newsroom resources like I don't think Polyev has done anything. I don't necessarily think that taking off his glasses was a newsworthy occurrence. I, I don't think that him saying globalist again, which he said two years ago, is a newsworthy occurrence. There's tons of politicians who we make the choice not to cover all mm -hmm. the time. We, mm -hmm. we, we can do that. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I am exceedingly bored by all of this. And I think that the, the scripts that we're talking about, these have been established for a long time. 
And Polyever's team understands very, very well how to interact with them to make them work in their favor because part of their brand is to hate the media, is to call for defunding the CDC, right? That's part of the brand. And that, that it's, it's, it's a funny thing because then it puts like management into a position where they're like, well, we have to pay attention to Paul Ever because he's going to become prime minister someday and the CBC is going to be defunded. So how do we interact in this world? It's like you got to get out of doing things the way that they have been done for the last 10 years because they're smarter than you. They know how to use this stuff. Paul Ever is going to say these things on this barbecue junket and maybe get a couple of votes along the way. The second it gets kicked up to the Canadian press and gets republished across platforms, then it becomes totally their thing. And I think that you're right to remind us of what happened with Donald Trump. There are quite a few differences, of course, between a candidate like Pierre Polyever and like Donald Trump. But one of the things that we do not hear enough about, and I will say it again, is that these are all lies. Like, I don't understand why we can't call the guy a liar. <laughs> You know, like that part's fine. Like a Daniel Dale fact check, uh, just no, like a running tally of lies is not like, like that. Not like that. Not because like that, is, that. That is in the service of like a liberal. This is what we consider to be true and and correct. But oh, sorry. Like, like remind me. Like, can you can I get a, like a reminder on every piece of rhetoric that Paul Ever is saying right now that what he did it, while in government with Stephen Harper? You know, like this is the kind of thing that we're not actually being reminded of. Of not who he is. But what kind of politics does this guy stand for? And so in, in reporting through the most narrow and boring way possible, Paul Ever has been able to pretend that he's this new guy that as if he hasn't been elected since the age of 13 and as if he hasn't been auditioning for the role of prime minister since he was a fetus. And we're like supposed to be surprised about all of this stuff. And this is why I also am saying it's so boring. It's such summer content that I, I hate it. I hate it. It's so boring. And so again, you're in the summer. There's something interesting that you can do. One option, as you suggest, is you ignore him completely, which would be fine. Or we report other ways about this guy and stop pretending that he is who he says he is. Because if you say debunked conspiracy theories, this isn't true, the press is out to get him, that's one narrative. If we start reminding people that he actually totally, 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 totally agrees with the World Economic Forum, totally does. Nothing he does while he's prime minister is going to go against any of the global hegemonic capitalist policies, obviously. Then there's a little bit of questioning that happens among his base. That's actually interesting. And that actually helps to remind people that these are lies. But I get it. Journalists are afraid of using the L word. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Uh, it's amazing the things that we tell ourselves to talk ourselves out of getting help. Anybody who's actually gotten help knows that the process of getting things off your chest, of taking your stressors, your problems, and just like not letting them be bottled up, working through just conveying them to somebody, half of the battle is just doing that. You unburden yourself. And you know what? If you have a real mental health professional, no, they don't have magic bullets or magic words that make it all go away. But often they can help you see things a little bit differently and guide you to strategies or tools or to a new perspective that actually does help. As the largest online therapy provider in the world, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Because you listen to this podcast, you get 10% off of your first month 
at betterhelp.com slash CanadaLand. That's betterhelp.com slash CanadaLand. This episode is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. Trust is important. There are a lot of mattress lies out there, a lot of mattress liars. And I, I, I didn't intend the pun, but it occurred to me that there is one as I was saying those words. Listen, I am not lying to you. Uh, I have uh, experienced the Douglas mattress. It is an exceptional mattress at a surprisingly affordable price point. It is a mattress that sleeps cool, doesn't have that weird thing in the summer where the mattress gets like an oven. It's a very good product. It's delivered to your house in a box. You don't have to go to a big mattress store. It is a medium firm mattress, which is what Canadians prefer, and it comes with a 365-night trial and a 20-year warranty. What more can I tell you? Douglas is giving our listeners a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. Nora, we are going to duly note news stories that people need to know about. This one was just breaking this week. Ricochet correspondent and Canada Land contributor Brandy Moran is back at Ferry Creek. And uh, the RCMP don't seem to know that their media exclusion zones are illegal. And the media keeps hauling them to court and proving, and judges keep saying, this is illegal, but it's really hard to get cops to follow the law. And so they created another illegal media exclusion zone and threatened Brandy and other journalists with uh, arrest as they raided the Indigenous-led blockade, trying to prevent the forestation of old-growth trees. And I think we just, like, I don't know what we can do, but keep pointing it out every single time the cops break the law and stop people from seeing what's going on there. Well, one thing I think that does need to happen, especially journalists who have a lot of faith in the rule of law in this country, is that we have to understand that police do not protect us and police actually stop us often from getting the story and the courts are not necessarily all that effective it's 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 effective to have a court decision but not effective if the police don't enforce it and so not only is there you know the the imperative of, of journalists to be aware of this and to lend our support wherever possible we need to understand what's happening here and we need to be watching is this getting worse in this country because freedom of the press is absolutely important and this is like a brazen attack on that freedom of the press. So duly noted. Would you like to duly note something, Nora? You know, Jesse, I have been on vacation. I've been all over the place, which has been wonderful. I'm in Halifax on vacation. And I was feeling like I really was missing a story of $15 billion in the federal budget. And just for this episode, I found my $15 billion story. Now, $15 billion is an interesting sum because you might remember that that is the amount of money in tax breaks and other benefits that we are giving to Volkswagen to come to Southern Ontario and open an electric battery plant. And it's about the same amount of money that we are also giving to Stellantis to do the same thing. Nora, what's Stellantis? Stellantis is uh, what the company that many people will know as Chrysler is, is now known as after mergers with Chrysler Fiat. Uh, they're one of the big three automakers. Jesse, do you know what $15 billion is being asked of right now from our politicians from the Treasury Board? What what $15 billion ask is being made? What do you think? I don't know, but you seem like really fun on vacation. Uh, you have no idea, actually. I'm, I check out and do nothing but have fun. 
They want, this is a, a directive coming from Minister Anita Anand, to cut $15 billion from various departments all across the federal government in the next couple of months. And, you know, I have to think, Anita Anand, like this woman goes from the successful procurement uh, management, vaccine management during the pandemic, right to, I mean, I'm critical of it, but what, what many people would say it was very successful and competent management of national defense to the Treasury Board, where her job is to now slash and slash and slash. And so I think that this is an important story to note for a couple of reasons. One, not the least of which I just mentioned, the fact that we are giving money to Stellantis and Volkswagen, and it's no big deal to then just cut the same amount of money out of our social services. But two, uh, this is, of course, related to the cabinet shuffle and the mandate letters are going to be coming out soon. And those mandate letters are going to have to reflect that there are billions of dollars that they're looking to pull out of different ministries. And this is all leading up to the showdown of Polly Ever versus who? Trudeau? Jolie? Mm -hmm. Freeland? We don't know. So I'm duly noting this. It's a boring political talk, but I hope that I made it exciting. Duly noted. I got one final one here. A lot of listeners emailing me saying like, this CBC story here, I, I heard about this first on Canada Land. They're ripping you off. Aren't you mad? And the story is Public Health Canada to deploy to New Brunswick over reports of mystery brain symptoms. Listener, I am delighted that this story is getting uh, attention from the CBC and elsewhere. It was completely killed when New Brunswick said, nothing to see here. There's no neurological cluster at all. The media just turned away and we just like put a lot of work when we found out that this was uh, what looked to us like a cover-up and Sarah Lorniuk put a ton of work into digging into that. And we have been documenting that it's, there is something and it's more than 47 people. It's a lot more. Uh, we've done a series of stories on that. So now it's great to see, like, that's why we do this is not just to see other media pick it up, but for that pressure to result in things like the federal government taking this seriously, it may seem, and deploying two epidemiologists to New Brunswick, like it's good to public health Canada, the feds getting involved about this really mysterious thing that is just horrific and uh, we don't know the origins of. So yeah, I'm not mad at all. I'm, I'm glad, but I also want to urge skepticism, extreme skepticism. And the conclusion that this uh, news story might lead people to that, that uh, problem solved. Now the feds are involved. There is still no investigation to find out why these people are getting sick. And we have been really like watching really closely because it's all on the shoulders of this one neurologist, Dr. Alia Marrero, and his heroic efforts to manage all of these patients and to report on this growing list of patients. So they're sending a couple of epidemiologists to help him. He has been very vulnerable, something of a whistleblower. And, you know, if, if a case needs to be built to get rid of this guy and you know, there might be some ass covering involved in lending him some like red tape, you know, form filling help before they get rid of this guy. I don't know. I don't know where this is going, but it is not the outcome that the patients are looking for. It is not the investigation into what might be the cause of this into things like glyphosate as possible causes. That is what the patients want. And we're not seeing that yet. So we're just keeping eyes on this. Duly noted, and uh, I also want to duly note all the coverage that you folks have done on this issue, because I've certainly been relying on it a lot, and it's been really important. So, thank you. Thank you, Nora. Unequivocally, we won't touch the green belt. Uh, unlike other governments that don't listen to people, I've heard it loud and clear, people don't want me touching the green belt, we won't touch the green belt. 
Premier Doug Ford is refusing to back down from plans to build on land that was part of Ontario's protected greenbelt. We're going to continue building homes. This week's scathing report from Auditor General Bonnie Lizick found the move to free up 15 lots was heavily influenced by a small group of developers. Bonnie Linsk, in a pretty damning report, said that the decision favored developers with connections to the housing minister's chief of staff. Ford categorically denies that. No one had preferential treatment. The finance minister seemed to suggest voters are more concerned about housing than the Auditor General's conclusion that the developers stand to gain $8 billion. Nora, you know how the last story was a story in which, like, uh, I hated everybody involved, including the media, and it was, like, a reason why people hate us? Mm-hmm. This is a story why people should love us. Mm -hmm. Like, this is like a story of everything going the way it's supposed to go. The government does something super dodgy. We were asking questions from the start on on Wag the Doug. The Toronto Star was asking questions. The Narwhal, it just didn't look right. It smelled bad. The smell led to digging. And the smell of something stinky led to smoke. And we pointed out, like, it looked very, like, how how do the developers know which land to buy? Did the government, did the Ford government tip off these developers? Are the developers donors? You know, that got the public engaged. That's how it's supposed to go. The media digs, the media finds these connections. We start to spell out how this probably happened. And the, and, and the public, thousands of people complained about this. The opposition parties engaged by the public who are engaged by the media, they start banging their fists. We demand an investigation. Then we have checks and balances and processes. The Auditor General opens up an investigation. She has the power to compel documents that journalists don't have. So where we smelled the smoke, she actually found fire, like a dumpster fire. And the findings were way worse than what was expected. Like the system is working here. She found no It was not that the Ford government tipped off the developers. It was way worse. The developers actually showed up to fucking social events. Developers who gave Ford lots of money show up and hand brown envelopes to a Ford staffer. And they say, you don't have to tip us off which properties are going to be freed up. We're going to tell you which properties need to be freed up. And and the Auditor General finds this and she reports reports it and she report the main findings direct access to the housing minister's chief of staff resulted in certain prominent developers receiving preferential treatment and we have it here it's smoking it's the whole thing and the auditor general specifically praises the journalists in this process Mm -hmm. and i just want to say one thing too before i do answer questions is that i i do want to say kudos and and really congratulations to um, really great investigative reporting, and I believe it came from the Narwhal. I believe there was CBC involved, and uh, I do believe a little bit from the Star as well. And um, thank you for that. I think the investigative reporting has a, a place and a future still, and um, good work. Heavens be praised. Investigative <laughs> reporting has a place and a future. It was the instigating factor in, in holding a government to account. Yay, everybody. Mm. Will it fucking matter at all? No. My God, no, of course not. No. Um, This is such an interesting story because I am from this part of the world, as you are, and the Green... I grew up, actually, basically in the Greenbelt, and... I've always paid attention to development. You know, one of the, one of the things where people ask Nora, like, where did you get your politics? When did you become so radical? And the answer is, well, I became radical 
when my play areas in the forests beside the town that I grew up in became developed and I became so rapidly anti-home development in the GTA that it really formed the foundation of my politics. This is the superhero origin story. They took, oh, a, yeah. they took away your playground. Capitalism took away your seesaw and that's that's how it all started. They took away an abandoned YMCA park that was in the middle of the woods that I spent my childhood in, you know, getting drunk and floating down the creek on a stolen truck tire. Oh, well, they made a powerful enemy. It was very sad. You know, we used to, we'd steal couches. We'd put them on our friend's skateboards. We'd wheel them into the ravine and we'd sit on the couches until your friends set the couches on fire because they're bored, right? Real Southern Ontario skid stuff. Yeah. So I, I have been watching this as many people have for many, many years. And the connection between the Ford government and the developers has been well known and well documented. And, and one of the most circulated pieces that I've ever written was actually thanks to research that Canada Land had done. And this is from back in 2017 or 18 about who funds Ontario Proud, right? Which is, of course, a lot of the developers. So, yeah, is anything going to happen this is where we have to look at the history of the Greenbelt and the history of the politics around the Greenbelt. And I think that while we can be cynical, and I think that the inertia of politics is that no, nothing is going to happen, the only reason we have a Greenbelt is because of popular pressure. So the Greenbelt was developed in 2005, so not that long ago, and people might ask themselves, well, how can this band of land have been protected so late? Like, you know, Ontario has been developing for many, many years. Like, where did this come from? So 2005 was Dalton McGuinty and the Liberals, you know, politically knew that their base, especially in the GTA 905 area that touches the Greenbelt, where they can go back and forth between the Liberals and the Conservatives, that these people care about protecting the Greenbelt or this, this belt of fertile land. Before 2005, you had the Harris government, and the Harris government refused to properly protect the Greenbelt, but they also promised that there would be no development, that they would allow only farming to happen on the Greenbelt. Now, some of the properties that were included in these tracts of land, these 15 tracts of land, were purchased between uh, 2002 and 2005. So developers who were very close to the Conservatives then, uh, who know that the price of land in Ontario, regardless of where you are, is going to be a good investment. You will make a lot of money off of this stuff. They start gobbling up pieces of land in the Greenbelt, but they're not allowed to develop it because it has to be protected farmland. Okay, but that brings us back, you know, 10 years. Then you actually go back further and realize that the reason why the Greenbelt was ever there in the first place was with activism in the 1970s and the 1980s to protect this very rich farmland from development. And if we don't remember that, then we might make incorrect conclusions about how this story is going to end. And so it was citizen activism that fought and defended this tract of land back to the 1970s, all through the 80s, through the 90s, managed to force Mike Harris to not allow housing development on it, force the Liberals to protect it in the, the, the state that it is right now. And I suspect that there will be enough power in Ontario from Liberal and Conservative voters alike to force Ford to back down on this. We will have to see. That's, I mean, I'm very cynical. So I would say no. Will we remember the history from like uh, how this was protected in the first place and from the hair? We don't even remember what was in this report that came out like last week. Like, I know. like the, the the report like methodically debunks everything that Ford is feeding us. Like, well, I'm building homes. It's like, well, no, actually, this is not a good way to build homes. You're not going to increase housing by doing this. This yeah. is not cost effective. Every single thing, he's just acting as if the report doesn't exist or that no one's going to read it because no one's going to read it, right? Like, so like, this is one of these things where because we all, like, if you go back to the very beginning of the story where we suspected, like, 
hmm, could it be that Doug Ford is in the pocket of these developers? Well, everybody kind of knew that from the start. So there's I no have. scandal. <laughs> so you can't yeah. get people angry. So he'll get to do it. Like yeah. that's that's where this, I mean, I mean, I remember the way in which like he's very, like they're very good. They're they're much better than than their opponents are. When yes. Kathleen Wynne, there was some whiff of corruption, like they really drove that message that that this was a corrupt government and they got people to vote that government out and be people were angry with that. And it's a joke when you compare what that government was accused of and, and guilty of. Like, but to this, like this is like cartoonish level corruption. <laughs> it is, but let's not forget the broader political forces at play, right? Kathleen Wynne was at the end of a stale government that had no hope in hell of holding on to power because they had been in power from 2003, right? Like, and do you think Ford is too? Like you seem to be suggesting that you think this is going to do him in. Like I, I don't get that sense at all. I, I feel like... I don't think it'll do him in, but I do think that it he, there is going to be enough pressure to maybe pause his decision to develop the green belt. He's going to win the next election, regardless of what happens with this issue. But I actually do think that it's possible that the green belt will be saved and that he will be forced to turn around. Now, it's the dog days of summer. It's it's the I'm sure he's calculated that no one cares about this. But people need to remember that especially white people in the province of Ontario, they care about trees. They care about nature, right? Ducks Unlimited is a fucking thing, right? So in in a way where this is not as big an issue as the housing crisis, for example, there will be people who will get into the streets to stop this or into the fields to stop this. And it's going to probably give the liberals who are on the ascent a little bit with their leadership race and they've got credible candidates that aren't a complete joke. It'll give the liberals some wind in their sails. Like interim liberal leader, what's their pants? No, no, no. The new, the people who, running. So what? Bo- <laughs> are they, do they exist? Are they? I have no idea who the interim leader is. Who right is now. that person? We don't even know Doesn't who matter. that is. They, they don't matter, but, but they're in the, in the process of reconstitution. And when you have a process of reconstitution, you need a project. And this is the exact ideal project for the liberal party. And so I think that the politics, the political context is such that Ford will, He's he's happy with a very broken and disorganized liberal party. This will solidify support in areas of the province that Ford absolutely needs to keep. And I don't think that he's going to lose. But I think that there's some real possibility that that the people will win on this one. So listen, you starry eyed dreamer. I, it's just I, the vacation in me. I can't. Yeah. Help. Halifax is uh, it suits you. Yeah. We can agree that uh, Ducks Unlimited is a fucking thing. <laughs> That is Shortcuts this week. Nora, thank you for taking time from your vacation. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> My pleasure. We're on Twitter at Canada Land. I can be emailed at jesse at canadaland.com. I read everything you send. Nora, where can people find you? Oh, I mean, okay. So in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be in Georgetown, Ontario, and then I'm going to be in Timmins, Ontario, but that's all for vacation. So if you want to find me, give me two weeks and you can check out my daily news podcast at sandynora.com slash daily news. This episode is produced by Aviva Lassard with additional production by Caleb Thompson. Our managing editor is Annette Ajofo. Our editor-in-chief is Karen Puglese. Our theme music is by So-Called Syndication by CFUV 101.9 FM in Victoria. Visit them online at cfuv.ca. Hey, listen, if you do care about the scandal uh, that is playing out with the Doug Ford government, listen to Wag the Doug for a whole lot more. They have a new episode that just went up called Greenbelt the Movie. 
you have not listened to Wag the Dog before or you haven't listened in a while, uh, it is well worth your time. Check it out. If you value this podcast, I ask you to support us. We rely on support from listeners like you, people who are willing to pay for journalism. And as a supporter, we have a just a load of free stuff we want to give you. Premium access to our shows without ads, early releases, bonus content, an exclusive newsletter, discounts on our merch, invites and tickets to our live and virtual events. We want more than anything for you to know that you will become a part of the solution to the journalism crisis in this country and you'll be keeping our work free and accessible for everybody else. Just click the link in your show notes or go to canadaland.com slash join. You can listen ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Thank you for supporting Canada Land. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.